Bibles, if you would, to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I've taken the Christ Is series and moved it here on Sunday for Sunday school. Um, also, a quick note, I'll be starting a whole new series tonight on the Song of Solomon. If you can't make it, I, I tune in. It's, it's a wonderful book. It's called The Song of Songs. And it is absolutely, it, it's such a joy to study it. I'm so excited about preaching this book and studying this book because there's so many types and pictures of Christ all through it. And it is the Song of Songs. It's a love song. And it's all about Christ. And it's all about His bride and His love for His bride. So we'll start that tonight. So, But today we'll be looking at 1 Corinthians Chapter 1, verses 26 to 31, but our text will be found in verse 30. But I'd like to read the context of the verse. The name of the message is, Christ is our wisdom. Christ is our wisdom. 1 Corinthians 1, 26 to 31. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world, in things which are despised, hath God chosen, yea, in things which are not, to bring to naught things that are. That no flesh should glory in his presence. There's a wonderful verse. God chooses... God chooses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, the weak things of the world, those who are despised, right? that no flesh should glory in his presence. He gets all the preeminence, beloved. He gets it all. But of him are ye, now look at the verbiage here. Remember, Paul's writing to, to the Corinthian Christians. And also remember, as we, when you read the book of Corinthians, there's correction going on. But notice in, 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 in your own study, Read, read chapter 1, and I, I, be, I bought this out before. Paul is hitting a musical tuning fork with Christ. He's, before he corrects them, he's, he's focusing their eyes right on Christ. So read, read the first chapter, if you could, on your own time, and you'll see how many times he mentions Christ. He's getting them focused on Christ. But look what he's telling them in this verse. He's telling them, but ye are. This is what we are in Christ. This is what Christ is to us. Look at this. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus. And look at this. Who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness, sanctification and redemption. And again, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. He's the only one we can glory in. See, we can't glory in ourselves because we know that we can't save ourselves. We know that we don't know God unless he reveals himself to us. And so we, re, we glory in, in what, what God has done in us and for us through Christ. Through Christ. It's all Him. He gets all the glory. That no flesh should glory in His presence. When we're in heaven, beloved, we're just going to be glorifying God. We're going to be glorifying Christ for what He's done for us. It's magnificent. It's absolutely magnificent. And as Brother Jim brought out, all the saints, remember, are clothed in the same white linen. We sing the same song. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. We're, we're all going to sing the same song. It's all Him. 
Salvations of the Lord. Now, often, Scripture often offends the pride of man. Oftentimes, it offends the pride of man. And the believer is taught by God, that the, Holy, by, by God the Holy Spirit, through the preaching of the Word and through the reading of the Word, that Christ is absolutely everything to us. Everything. And we bow to that, don't we? There was a time when we didn't. But now we bow to that. We, we, we marvel in what Christ has done for us. What, we marvel that, that we're born again by the Holy Spirit of God. We marvel in what He's done. It, it's, and we bow to the precious truth that Christ is Lord. That He's Lord. Now verse 30 of this wonderful chapter, the Scripture plainly proclaims that Christ has made unto us wisdom. And look, it is God that has made Him so to us. It says, But of Him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us. This is a work of God, beloved. This is a work of God. But of Him are ye in Christ Jesus. And that little word in the Greek, see that little word ye? But of Him are ye in Christ Jesus. See that little word? Do you know what that word means in the Greek? It means fixed. You're fixed in Christ Jesus. You're set in Christ Jesus. It's, it's, a, it's a positional standing for the believer. But of Him are ye in Christ Jesus. We're in Christ Jesus because God put us there. And it's a fixed position, beloved. It's a fixed position. That means that we can't we can't mess it up. That means that no man can take it from us. Isn't it wonderful? We're fixed in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's why Scripture says in, in Colossians that we're qualified for heaven. We're made fit, it means in that. Made fit for heaven. This is a fixed position. And it, and it goes on. It, it's a fixed position in place, time, or space. Isn't that wonderful? It'll never change. It'll never change. Praise His mighty name. We're in a fixed position in Christ. And God is the one who keeps us there. He's the one who keeps us there. He's the one who put us there. So if He put us there, He's going to keep us there, isn't He? And Christ said, I'll not lose one of my sheep. No man will pluck them out of my hand. Right? God's the one who gave us to Him. Isn't that wonderful? And we didn't even know. We didn't even know. My goodness. What security the believer has in Christ. What security the believer. Look at, look at, and we know, we know that this is written to believers because look at verse 2 of this chapter. Unto the church of God, which is at Corinth. This is who the letter is written to. It's written to believers. Unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, made holy in Christ Jesus. The unholy are made holy. That's a marvel. That's a marvel. Called to be saints. God's people are saints. No man makes us saints. God makes us saints. Isn't that wonderful? Called to be saints with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Christ is Lord over all His people. 
All his people are called by God to flee to Christ. It's an effectual, invincible call. It's irresistible. It's irresistible. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus. Again, this speaks of God's elect. All the blood-bought, purchased saints. And what joy and peace this gives the believer. Again, notice the scripture declares, Who of God is made unto us? Salvation. This is saying salvation is the work of God. It's the work of God. We're born dead in trespasses and sins. We're sinners by birth, nature, and practice. But here it says, who of God is made unto us? But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us. See, by nature, we don't want Christ. By nature, we don't even want to hear the things of the Bible. But when God regenerates a sinner, everything changes. Now we love the Bible. We love the God of the Bible. We love our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything's changed. You're a new creature in Christ. And it's God who made it so. It's God who made it so. It's wonderful. It's a work of God. Salvation is, just like Jonah said, salvation is of the Lord. It's God's work. We're born again by the Holy Spirit of God, translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of His dear Son. It's His work. And the believer says, praise his mighty name. Oh, Lord, you get all the glory. You get all the honor and you get all the praise. He purchased and redeemed his people on Calvary's cross. And the Holy Spirit reveals Christ to those he died for. And he, those he died for, he purchased. He purchased them with his own blood. Because salvation is 100% of the Lord. It's 100% of the Lord. It's Christ plus nothing. That's what salvation is. Christ plus nothing. See, man in religion says, well, it's Christ plus what I do. No, it's not. If it is, you don't have salvation. Salvation's either, as Spurgeon said, salvation's either all of grace or it's not salvation at all. You put a pinprick of works in, it's no longer grace. And, and not only is our salvation all over the Lord, but when God the Holy Spirit regenerates us, He teaches us the truth of this scripture here. He teaches us, He teaches us that Christ is all our wisdom. He teaches us that Christ is all our righteousness. He teaches us that Christ is all our sanctification. And He teaches us that Christ is all our redemption. He teaches us these things. We don't know these things by birth. We have no idea. You ever hear someone say they've been a Christian all their life? They're lying. They have no clue who God is. No clue. No clue. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people who say that. But they're, they're deceived. And pray God will have mercy on them. Pray God will reveal himself to them if it's his will. So let us consider how Jesus Christ is, is made of God wisdom to all believers. And how we may understand this. So he alone is the object in which all true wisdom is found. He alone is the object 
in which all true wisdom is found. Scripture declares this in Colossians chapter 2, verse 3, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. It's all in Christ. All in Christ. And remember, His wisdom is divine wisdom. It's divine wisdom. Because He's God incarnate in the flesh. Our wisdom is human wisdom. His wisdom is so far above ours. It's divine wisdom. Divine wisdom. And again, wisdom is either divine or human. Wisdom is, in Christ is, is, is the wisdom of God. As a matter of fact, he's called, the, he's called wisdom in Proverbs. Turn, if you would, to Proverbs chapter 3. And I'll read, I'll read just a little further up from our text in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In verse 24, he's called the wisdom of God. 1 Corinthians 1, 22 to 24, it says this, For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called, so unto the believer, unto the believer, them which are called by God, both Jews and Greeks, that's the, that's the universal church, right? Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. So he's our wisdom. Now over in Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 3, we will see Christ spoken of is wisdom. But let us think on this first. Divine power and divine wisdom were never so manifested in anything that, that he ever did as when Christ redeemed his people on the cross. So the, that's the greatest manifestation of love and that's also the greatest manifestation of wisdom, the greatest manifestation of mercy. That, what he did at the cross magnified his attributes so much. So much, beloved. Who he is. And all his works are made in wisdom. Psalm 104, 23 to 25. I'll read this and then we'll go to Proverbs chapter 3. Psalm 104, 20, 23 to 25 says this. Man goeth forth unto his work and to his labor until the evening. O Lord, how manifold are thy works. In wisdom thou hast made them all. The earth is full of thy riches. The, the, his works are works of wisdom. Works of wisdom. So is this great and wide sea. Wherein are things creeping, innumerable, both small and great beasts. Now, John, you, you were in the Navy and you were on that ocean, one of the oceans. And I used to go to the, the Pacific Ocean when I lived out west. It takes your breath away. And especially you get out there. I remember being out with my father-in-law one time out in his, in his charter fishing boat. And he said, look over there. And this massive blue whale came out of the water. Huge. But it, we, here we are, this little speck on the ocean. And here's this great creature coming out of the water and, and breathing and going back. It took your breath away. But how many innumerable creatures are in that ocean? My. And he feeds them all and cares for them all. Just manifests his wisdom and his works, beloved. My, Brother Tim, you went to the Grand Canyon. You see that. And it just magnifies 
His Word, His wisdom, is manifested right before our eyes, beloved, in creation. Now look at, look at over here in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 13 to 21. Wisdom in Proverbs 3 speaks of Christ. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom, and the man that getteth understanding. If God has given you an understanding of who, who He is, you'll be happy. <laughs> you'll be happy. He didn't leave you where you were. And notice, who getteth understanding. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. God must teach us. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver and the gain thereof than, than fine gold. God's people are richer than the richest people in the world. They're the richest. God's people are the richest people in this world and even into eternity. And some of God's saints are the poorest people that have ever lived but they're so rich in Christ. So, in all of us, all we who believe are rich in Christ. And that's what we want. That's what we hope that God will do. That He'll reveal Christ to people to His lost sheep. Oh, and that they can rejoice in the, in the precious truths that we rejoice in. That we rejoice in. She is more precious than rubies. Think of the, the finest jewels. Christ is more precious more precious. And all the things thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. Think of the thing that you desire the most. It's nothing compared to Christ. Absolutely nothing compared to who Christ is. Compared to who He is. Length of days is in her right hand. And in her left hand, riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness. And her paths are paths her past our peace, I'm sorry. She is a tree of life to them. Is not Christ a tree of life to us, beloved? Is he not our life? Is he not a, is eternal life not in him? It's only in Christ. He's a tree of life to his people. To them that lay hold upon her. Oh, and happy is everyone that retaineth her. God's people are joyous people. Now we go through trials and tribulations. I love what Brother Scott Richardson said. The believers either uh, going into trouble, in trouble, or coming out of trouble. And that's true. That's absolutely true. We're always something going on in our lives, isn't there? Always. But, but we're happy. We're joyous even through those times. Because we have Christ. Because we have Christ. The Lord by wisdom hath founded the earth. We know who founded the earth. It was Christ. By wisdom. He's the wisdom of God. By understanding hath he established the heavens. By his knowledge the depths are broken up and the clouds drop down the dew. My son, let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. So shall they be life unto thy soul and grace to thy neck. Then shalt thou walk in, in thy safety and thy foot shall not stumble. Why, why won't your foot stumble and why won't you walk? Or why will you walk in safety? Because remember, you're fixed in Christ. You're fixed in Christ. Because he, he keeps us. Left to ourselves, we'd be in a heap of trouble. Right? But in Christ, oh, the Eternal One holds us in His hands. The Eternal One keeps us. Lord Jesus Christ, our great God and Savior. My.
He governs the world in wisdom. Psalm 139.14 says this, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. He created all his creatures. He created all of creation. He spoke the stars into existence and the universe into existence all by his wisdom, all by his divine decree. And he governs the world in wisdom, wisely ordering all events to the, to, to the great end of his own glory. To the great end of his own glory. My God, And we saw what that end is on Wednesday night, didn't we? We're going to be in glory. Praising our wonderful, merciful Savior. And we'll all be singing the same song. Praise be to God. Think of this. One commentator said, When we murmur, we charge God with folly. Beloved, let us rest and trust in God's sovereignty. Let us rest and trust in God's sovereignty. What wisdom we have before us in our redemption. Think of that. What wisdom we have right before us in our redemption. God in his wisdom has found a way where righteousness and peace meet together. Where they meet together. Where mercy is glorified. Where his justice is satisfied. And this is all found in the one who is our wisdom. The Lord Jesus Christ. And we know this from scripture. Turn if you would to Psalm 85. Psalm 85. Now, we're going to read a little portion. And when did this portion occur? Beloved at Calvary's cross. The one who is called wisdom. The wisdom of God gave himself for our sins. For the sins of all his people on Calvary's cross. Look at Psalm 85, verses 10 and 11. Mercy and truth are met together. Where did they meet together? At Calvary. At Calvary. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Where did they meet? Where did they kiss? At Calvary. At Calvary. When our blessed Savior gave himself for our sins. Truth shall spring out of the earth. There it is. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And righteousness shall look down from heaven. My. This wonderful plan of redemption is called the manifold wisdom of God. Turn, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 1. It's called the manifold wisdom of God. And you know, even the angels, uh, actually Ephesians chapter 3, I'm sorry, I said 1. Ephesians chapter 2. Do you know that even the angels are in awe, are in awe at redemption's plan, are, are in awe over our salvation in Christ? Look at Ephesians 3, verses 10 and 11. To the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. The manifold wisdom of God is manifested at Calvary's cross. At Calvary's cross. True wisdom is to know Christ. To know Christ and to have Him revealed to you because we are blind by birth. We are blind by birth. Dead. Dead when we come into this world. You must be born again. Now, How do we have the knowledge of Christ who is the wisdom of God? 
How do we have the knowledge? Beloved, we have been taught by the Holy Spirit of God. And remember that God is the author and He's the finisher of our salvation. Therefore, all knowledge we have of Him comes from Him. See, that's why we can't glory in anything. That's why we can't glory in anything. It's the Holy Spirit working in us. Salvation, salvation from beginning to end is of the Lord. And all our growing in grace and being conformed to the image of Christ is all a work of God. See, natural man hates that. They don't like to hear that because they want to do something. But God's people say, Amen. Amen. We know what we are. Again, look at our text again. But of Him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God has made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Now notice, God has made Christ unto us wisdom, righteousness, and sanctification and redemption. When did this happen? Did God go to plan B when Adam fell in the garden? Like some people say. No, beloved. God has made Christ wisdom and righteousness, sanctification and redemption for His people from eternity. From eternity. From eternity. It is by eternal appointment and decree as the Father from everlasting. Now, now let us just ponder on this. From everlasting, ordained, decreed, and purposed that His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Word of God, should be the head of His people. He decreed that. He ordained that with an everlasting everlasting decree. And that He would be the fountain in which we would wash all our sins by His blood. It's all by Him. It's all by Him. That we would be washed clean from all our sins by His precious blood. And that He should redeem all whom the Father gave Him from eternity. And it's been decreed and ordained by God in eternity that He would be our surety, our Redeemer. That He would be our wisdom. That He would be our righteousness. That He would be our sanctification. And that He would be our Savior. God ordained all of this. All of this in eternity. He is the head and the head is the seed of all wisdom. He's the head and the head is the seed of all wisdom. We're the body. We're the body. And remember, he is infinite wisdom. Infinite wisdom. Divine wisdom. Because he's God. And if Christ has made unto us wisdom, then we've been taught and we are convinced of our foolishness in trying to save ourselves. Which... Everyone here, we all nod our head, hey. Yeah, because we know. We know it was utter foolishness for us to try to save ourselves. Some of us were in religion. Some of us just didn't care and were just in the world, right? But we were all the same, right? We were all the same. Trying to save ourselves by our own works. But when Christ shows us what our righteousness is in His eyes, in God's eyes, we flee right to Christ. We flee right to Christ. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 18 and 19. Now a fool thinks himself wise. And this was the downfall of the Pharisees. And this is the downfall of religious loss professing. The religious loss. They profess themselves to be wise. But, but it's foolishness. Because they think they can save themselves. 
and everyone has a different view on God. Just ask people. You're, you ask a hundred different people, you're almost going to get a hundred different answers on who God is, who they, they think God is. See, they don't ever give you Scripture. This morning, we're going to look at who God is from the Scriptures, who He is. Who he is. And it's not the God that's being, being preached out there in goat pens. No. No. Look at 1 Corinthians 3, 18 and 19. Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seemeth to be wise in the world, let him become a fool, that he may be wise. For the wisdom of the world is foolishness with God. For it is written, He taketh the wise in their own craftiness. In their own craftiness. And all man's supposed wisdom flows out of their own self-righteousness. And all these folks have a warped view of who God is. They'll tell you who they think God is, but I guarantee you it's a warped view of who He is. It's not a scripturally based basis of who the Lord is. Romans 1 says this, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And changed the glory of the incorruptible God into the image made unto the corruptible man. And the birds and four-feeded beasts and creeping things. But if Christ has made unto us wisdom, we have been taught, and we see the excellency of Christ. We see the excellency of Christ. He's, he's the pearl of great price in our eyes, beloved. And we cry out with the psalmist, Whom have I in heaven but thee? Whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon the earth that I desire beside thee. My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart. Is it not so with you? My my portion forever. Is God your portion? If he is, he's your portion forever. Forever. Because you're fixed in Christ. You're fixed in him. My. If Christ has made unto us wisdom, then the things of time are not what they used to be to us. And the things of Christ, the things of eternity, are everything to us now. So the things that were important to us before are not important to us anymore. And the things that we... We didn't even deem important. Christ and eternity and salvation in Him are now everything to us. Now everything to us. Everything's new. We're new creatures in Christ. We know that our life is but a vapor. And, and our, our thoughts and our pursuits have been altered now. They've been altered. We think upon Christ now. My. Brother Tim made mention a few weeks ago in his prayer Lord, let make us make us conscious of things eternal, of things of eternity, and give us hearts to serve you and desire the things of Christ. Oh, may God make it so for all of us. May He make it so for all of us, so that with Paul we can say we we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal. Everything we see here is temporal. Everything, including us. We know, we who believe know we've got a destination. We're going to heaven. We're going to glory. But our lives here are just temporal. It's like a vapor, Scripture says. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Eternal. What things are temporal? Riches, honor, pleasure, in comparison with the things which are eternal. Compared to our blessed Redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything's just temporal. 
Hebrews says this, By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater than the, the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Some say he may have been in line to be the next Pharaoh. Turned it all for the reproaches of Christ. Now how does this wisdom come to God's people? Only in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. He has made unto us wisdom. And he is our wisdom. Not only is he our wisdom, but he's our sanctification, our redemption. He's everything. I ran out of time. <laughs> Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for Your mercy and Your goodness towards us. Oh, You are our wisdom. And You are true wisdom, Lord Jesus. Oh, we pray that You would magnify and reveal Yourself to lost sinners today through the preaching of Your Word. And oh, Lord, that You would build us up, we who believe, that we would be built up, that we would leave rejoicing in who You are, Oh, you're magnificent, Lord. You are not only our wisdom, but you're our righteousness. You're our sanctification and you're our redemption. Oh, Lord, you are our all in all. And we love you and praise you because you first loved us. In Jesus' name, amen.